Today I'm talking about prayer and about picking up your assignment in prayer. We're about to go into a very special season. The words that my wife wrote and authored in that song and sang, uh, which I only heard today for the first time, uh, were Holy Ghost inspired and uh, going to be a source of strength during the season. Uh, we, are, we are dealing with the flesh in the next 40 days. And no matter how sweet you are, you've got flesh too. Wrong, you know, wrong thinking, wrong decisions, carnality, fleshly behaviors, like she's saying, we're taking off our fleshly shoes. Uh, we need to deal with that. Praise God. Jesus didn't have flesh, but the devil tried to get him to get in the flesh while he was in the wilderness and he still withstood him. There was temptations, in other words, to try to get him in the flesh, but he stood against that. He put his flesh under, and unlike Jesus, we have flesh to deal with. We're going to put it under. We're going to become more like Jesus at the end of this. We're going to come sweeter. Amen? Some of you grouses need to say amen. Amen? You're going to smile a bit more and be happier and be nicer to your, to your husband and wives and be nicer to your children. And, and just be a sweeter person where Jesus is shining out of you more. That's part of what this fast is about. We're also going to, number two, deal with darkness because Jesus dealt with the devil on, on his fast and we're going to deal with that. There, there, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to have to deal with in the spirit. Attacks against the ministry, things that are trying to encroach, that heaviness. Like I said uh, on Wednesday night, there, there's just been this thing that's been kind of hanging. Uh, I know part of it's COVID, but part of it is just because we're entering into a new season. And when you go through a new door, there's many adversaries. The Bible says we're going to deal with some of that darkness on this fast and, 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 and deal with it so that we enter into this new season where we should be. So there's, there's flesh, there's darkness, and then there's also uh, the anointing. We're, we're not just dealing with the devil and ourselves, we're, we're dealing with God. Amen. We're going to pick up what he has for us. Amen. He has a fresh anointing for this ministry, for me and for you. We're going to pick that up. This is new assignments yeah. that he wants us to pick up. We're going to pick it up. Yeah. There's, there's a, de a depth of his presence that maybe some of us have never experienced before. But in this season, to turn aside from the sheep and to focus on the Lord, I believe we can experience a greater measure of his yeah. presence yeah. In, in your prayer closet, as well as in the corporate times here, but in your prayer closet. So this is a very special time. But of course, this is a season. Uh, let's not put the emphasis too much, although it is, on the word fasting, because you don't, fasting means nothing if you don't put the emphasis on the word prayer. Fasting just is a glorified diet. It, it's all about prayer. Fasting is putting your flesh under, uh, getting your natural desires subjugated to your will. It doesn't necessarily do anything for God. It does something for you. It doesn't twist his arm. Fasting just puts your flesh under, your natural will and desires under. Why? So that your spirit is preeminent, so that you're, you're more sensitive. Your spirit is more, it's more center stage. Do you understand? Not your flesh or your mind. Your spirit comes to the, to the forefront, so to speak, if I could put it that way. And therefore, you are more sensitive to what's happening in your spirit, what's happening in the spiritual realm and what God is saying. So when you're in, but you got to be praying. It's not just about fasting. Fasting puts the flesh under, but prayer brings you in to that realm of the spirit so that your spirit can pick up what God wants to say to you without all the distractions of all this kind. Now, let me just say this. There's no point you fasting food if you're on Instagram all day long. There's no point you fasting food if you're just going to binge on television. It's not just fasting, it's distractions. Distractions of every kind during the next 40 days need to be axed. 
distractions of food, distractions of social media, distractions of television. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm asking you to pray and say, God, what is my response? Lead me by your spirit that I would have the right balance for my life. I'm not doing any of it. I have 0% of any of those things, but that doesn't mean that you need to have 0%. You just have to know what God's telling you and then put him first. Make this a special time of taking the fleshly shoes off and putting him first and you'll deal with your flesh and you'll deal with the devil with me and we'll pick up that fresh anointing and we'll have the presence of God like never before. But this is a time of prayer. Fasting too, but it's mainly prayer. Amen? Amen. If you're not going to focus on prayer, don't just focus on a fast. You got to focus on prayer. You got to add time. You got to build time into your schedule to pray. That means waking up earlier, maybe going to bed later because you all have still jobs and responsibilities, but don't make the excuse. You can find time if it's important to you. Amen. So picking up your assignment in prayer just for a few minutes and that the Lord really dropped in my heart. We'll read Ephesians 6 in a minute. But he dropped in my heart. He said, do you remember what I revealed to you on Friday, October the 2nd? I think it was a Friday. He just said October 2nd. I think it was a Thursday or a Friday. And uh, it would have been a Friday, right? Because October 4th was a Sunday, right? So it was a Friday. And he said, now I shared for an hour. It was a prayer meeting, but I never prayed. I preached the whole prayer meeting and I don't normally do that. In fact, I can't remember the last time I did that. But he said, I want you to talk to the people because prayer after today is going to be different. And so I shared for a whole hour. Now, I I don't have a whole hour to share with you everything I shared there. But he said, share the core of what you shared on that Friday morning right before you go into your fast. So this is my last chance to talk to you for for five weeks, okay, till December the 13th. And so I want to share the core of what I shared on that Friday morning with you today. And the core, very simply, is this. We have had prayer meetings, and this is what the Lord corrected me on. He said, you've had prayer meetings, and they are united prayer and united prayer is correct. But he said, to only have united prayer is incorrect. What is united prayer? Dad Hagen taught us there's nine kinds of prayer in the New Testament. United prayer means that everybody is praying together. We see many examples in the scripture. Acts 4, for example, when they prayed, you know, stretch forth thine hand to heal, you know, that signs and wonders were done by the name of the Holy Child. Remember, they all were in unity. It's united. It's unified prayer. It means either, usually one person is leading and they're praying out about something and everybody that is there gathers in agreement and prays out that thing together. Now, that is very important, extremely valuable, and it has its place. The problem is what we were getting in the rut is that we were having all of our prayer meetings as united prayer. But there's other kinds of prayer. And the Lord dealt with me on October the 2nd. He, well, before that, but I preached it on October the 2nd, that it was, it's not a healthy balance to only have prayer meetings with the only emphasis being united prayer. As important as united prayer is, that there are other flows of the Spirit that are required and that are necessary. And to be skillful and effective in prayer cannot only be united prayer. So he brought my attention to Dad Hagen, and he said, you remember what, what you learned and what Dad Hagen did? And I remember what Patsy had told me and what I'd observed with my own eyes in different meetings and different videos and things I'd seen in person and online. And, and the ministers that were very close with them, I've talked with all of the ones I hang out with were very close with them. And they've all told me the same thing, that, it, that sometimes Dad Hagen would stand up and lead prayer meetings like, like we do typically in United Prayer. But most of the time, he didn't do that. Most of the time he'd sit on a chair and he'd begin to get in the spirit and he'd begin to pray and people would kind of watch him. Why? Because it's human nature to want to be led. So people would watch him waiting for him to do something, waiting for him to stand and rah, 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 and let's all pray loud and lead them. And he, ref- and he wouldn't do it. 
he would sit on the chair and he'd pray. And sometimes he'd open his eyes almost like he was surprised and he'd look out and he'd see people staring at him and he'd say, what are you doing? Stop looking at me. Close your eyes and get in the spirit and pray. In other words, stop looking to piggyback on me. You can get in the spirit like I can. Why don't you get in the spirit? Don't be lazy. You get in the spirit. And you'd get back to praying and he'd get in the spirit and he'd do it. And then sometimes as he was in the spirit, there were things that needed to be prayed out by everybody. So he'd stand up and the microphone and then he'd not, everybody's praying united prayer about that one thing. But then he'd go back and sit down and pray and everybody else would go pray. That's why Patsy called it go fishing. Because Dad Hagen taught her that. That it wasn't just about his assignment, that she had an assignment in his prayer meeting. Do you understand? So when we're in united prayer, what's happening? You're all praying with me. But how many assignments are being prayed out? Only the assignments that I'm praying. So I may have one assignment, two or even three, or maybe even four in a given prayer meeting, but normally it's two or three. If I'm praying out those two or three assignments, praise God for your agreement with me because you've got faith, you've all got anointing, and we're all gathering in agreement. But how many assignments are being prayed out? The two or three. And the Lord said to me, he said, now he used this number because this is usually the number we have in prayer, but that doesn't mean it's only this number. But he said to me when 60, because that's often the number we have, but he said when 60 people come to prayer and you only do united prayer, you've only prayed out the assignments that I gave you, son. He said, but when 60 people come for prayer, there are at least 60 assignments to be prayed out. Why? Because so many people feel that they're not important enough to God or they're not skillful enough or they're not been in the church long enough or they don't know enough scripture or they feel like they're they're novices and they dismiss themselves of the value they are in prayer and all they want to do is be faithful and just piggyback on the pastor and they don't realize God has an assignment for them God has something for them and if they don't do that assignment God may not give that assignment to anybody else them picking up their assignment is critically important but because they're so used to just agreeing with the leader and letting somebody lead them and piggybacking on their coattails, you know what happens? The congregation as a whole becomes lazy. They, and let me, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm just being honest with you. They become, they, they are not becoming skillful. They are not being trained in skillfulness to pick up their assignment in prayer. So then what happens? Church is a classroom. If you don't learn it here, you're probably not going to learn it at home. Right. So if I don't teach you it here in the four walls of this church, whether it's in a service or a prayer meeting or whatever, then the chances of you going home and actually doing it without learning it and practicing it here becomes almost zero. It's not always zero because some people still do it because they're just spiritual people. But most people, if they don't learn it and practice it in the church house, the chances of them doing it in the privacy of their own home with all the distractions and all the, all the things that are going on, all the white noise, the chances of them doing it is almost zero. Which means we've got to be, that's why you come to church to be trained. My job is to not just teach you the Bible, but it's to train you how to pray and how to do all the other things that the Bible says. One thing at a time. I have to teach you how to pray. I'm not teaching you very skillfully, Joey, how to pray if all I ever do is pray my assignments and say, agree with me. Now, certain assignments I pray, the anointing requires all of you to be in agreement about that one thing because there are more faith and anointing is required to break through in that area, and I can't do it without you. But on other things, the assignment on me, I can pray out because it's an assignment on you, Willie, and if you just pray out my assignment, you never prayed out your assignment, and you multiply that by 60 people. 
And the Lord said to me, you're not being as skillful as I want you to be in your prayer meetings. There are times for united prayer, but there are times for every person to pray out their assignment that I've given them. And the problem is they don't know that I've put an assignment on them because they don't see themselves as worthy of it. And they, if they did know, they don't know how to pick it up. So you first got to recognize that God wants you to, he's got an assignment for you. Don't, don't, don't beat yourself so much in thinking that you're, that you're useless and that you're some little peon. You're very valuable to the kingdom of God. And I'm not just blowing smoke here to try to give you an encouraging sermon. I'm telling you what God told me. He said, tell the people that with 60 people show up, there are 60 assignments in that room. I said, Lord, I mean, it surprised me, Taylor. I said, really? I said, every person has an assignment. He said, the flow of the anointing at times is for united prayer, which means there's only the assignment on you. But he said, there are other flows of prayer. And he said, there are times where there are multiple assignments in that room. Every person sitting there, there's something I have anointed them to pray out. And if they don't get in the spirit and if they don't pick it up and if they don't pray it out, it will not be accomplished. Tell them that there is an assignment on them. First of all, they don't even know it, most of them because they're just piggybacking on you. Second of all, tell them if they'll learn to get in the spirit, I will reveal that assignment to them and give them the anointing to pray it out. Could you imagine how effective we would be, Hortense, if when we gathered, it wasn't just the one or two or three that I'm praying, but there's 60, there's 120, there's 180 if everybody had three and if there were 60 people in the building. Can you imagine 180 assignments being prayed out in a one-hour session, how much more God could do in our midst? Instead of it just being one, two, or three. Now, sometimes the spirit leads only the one, two, or three with the united. But many times he's trying to get everybody to pick theirs up. But because we don't, we're not skillful in how to lead prayer, we just always do the united prayer instead of doing what Dad Hagen did. Where he forced the people to learn it, either fall asleep or get in the spirit. But do it. I'm not leading you. You do it yourself. Let me get in the spirit. Let me deal with mine. You get in the spirit. You deal with yours. Are you with me? God wants us to learn this so that we are more skillful going forward. Why am I sharing it now? Because we're about to enter a season of prayer. And I I haven't had a lot of time because we just started this in October. Now it's November 1st. We've only had a few meetings where we've been practicing this. And even in those few meetings, sometimes the anointing was, the the last one we did, the anointing was for united prayer. Right, yeah. It would have been wrong for me to go and get on that, sit on that chair and pray because that wasn't the flow of the Spirit. But the two meetings before that, I went and I got in the Spirit. Now, part of that helps me if I'm with a large group of people and not all of them are skillful, I have to get in the Spirit. But if I'm only doing united prayer, sometimes I'm trying to get in the Spirit, but I can sense the, the carnality of others that are not going with me and I feel like I'm dragging them. So I've got one foot in the Spirit and I've got one foot kind of dragging and that's not as effective because I can't accomplish in the Spirit in my office what I need to when I'm dragging. Now, when I'm with a smaller group of more skillful prayers, that, that doesn't happen. They step in the spirit as quickly as I do, and we just go together. But whether or so there's a negative, there's a double negative if I'm in a large group, because not only are we only praying out a few assignments when we could be praying out many more, but I also don't get as, I don't go as far. I, the, the anointing doesn't come as strong because I can't get in as much because I'm dragging all these carnal people. But even if I was in a small group and it was no drag and everybody stepped in right away, United Prayer is still limited. It's valuable and at times it is required of the Holy Ghost, but it's not the only thing that's required. It's valuable, but it is limited because you can only pray out what the leader's assignment is. But you have an assignment yourself. 
Now, here's the balance. If I say we need to all pray about this one thing, and now we're praying in united prayer, but you try to pick up your assignment while I've asked you to be in united prayer with me, you're in the flesh. Because at that moment, your anointing is required to pray out what God has told me to pray. And God knows I can't do it alone. I need the anointing and the faith of the people in that room to break through with that thing. So sometimes united prayer is led by the Spirit. But other times, I can pray certain things out on my own, and you can pray out. Let's say God puts on Sophia. God has in his mind that he wants to pray out for something to do with the Oasis property, and he's going to drop that assignment on Sophia. Right? And let's say that, uh, let's say that Sue, God has something for her to pray out regarding the finances. And let's say that Kathy over here, God is going to put uh, Christmas in Liberia. And she's going to pray out for that. And for all the domino effect that that will cause in that country. And let's say Bob over here, God, God just wants to put the staff on his heart. Because there needs to be more unity amongst them. I'm just, and let's say that uh, God puts on, on Pat's heart the worship team. Let's say God puts on John's heart the youth. And let's say God puts on Danny's heart who's got just as important of assignment as any one of us. He puts me on his heart to pray for me. And let's say God puts on Dan's heart the Bible school. Not just because you helped him run it, but maybe there's an assignment that God has just for you. And maybe God puts on Hannah's heart the evangelism, the, the thrust of evangelism. I'm just speaking off the top of my head. I'm not prophesying. Do you understand? And what if, because he knows that we're connected, what if God put Pastor Nancy on, on Errol's heart? Just to pray for her. And then there's individual people. What if God put on Cynthia's heart, Reverend Greg? We know he needs a lot of prayer. So what if God put on Cynthia's heart and Jonathan's heart? Because he needs a lot, Jonathan. And what if God put on Joey's heart, Gloria? Do you see what I'm saying? There is individual people that need things prayed out. There are individual departments within the church that need things prayed out. There's vision within the church. There's countries as part of the vision that need to be prayed out. There's finances, there's an aviation department, there's the First Nations, there's ministers over us and all the things they're doing because we're divinely connected that needs to be prayed out. How much more effective would we be if 180 assignments in a prayer meeting were all being prayed out instead of three? Do you understand? There are times where it can only be the leader because that's what the Holy Ghost has authored. But there are times, and we have not been skillful, and I've repented to God for it, where there is so much he's trying to get accomplished, but I am limiting him by telling the congregation, just pray in agreement with me. Not only am I limiting the assignments from being prayed out, but I'm also helping you not become skillful. Because you're probably not going to do it at home if you don't learn it here. But by me saying to you, all of you bow your heads and pray. Stop making excuses. Pray until you quieten your mind and pray until you get into the spirit. And when, you get, when you're in the spirit, the Holy Ghost will reveal to you what to pray for. And when you pick that up, you pick up that prayer assignment, I want you to pray long, hard, and fast until it's done, until you get the note of victory and joy. Amen. Now, what am I doing? Not only are we being more effective, we're praying out more things. But you're actually learning the things of the spirit in prayer. You're learning practical, real life, how to get in the spirit, how to pick up the assignment, how to pray it out until you get the note of joy and victory. And you look back and you go, wow, so that's how it works. Now you're more likely to go home and get down in your prayer closet and pray through until you get in the spirit and pick up your assignment and pray through until you get victory and do it at home. 
Because we can't just have prayer assignments prayed out in the church house. We've got to get to the place where congregation members are being as effective in their prayer life seven days a week at home as they are on one day a week here in the prayer meeting. Yes, we're never going to get where we're supposed to go if much prayer, effective prayer, powerful prayer is not being made daily on behalf of the ministry by the people. Yeah. And we're not going to get to it with United Prayer only. I can tell you that we're not. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who corrected me. Because I just know, I just know what I've been taught. But he, brought, he reminded me of other ways that I had, that I had just ignored. Other ways of doing this that are more effective, Joey, than just the one way. There are times for the one, but there's also times for the many. So we're going into a season of prayer. I haven't had much time to train you in this. And not all of you even come to the prayer meetings. So maybe it would be a good idea once in a while for you to make the effort to come to the prayer meetings. Because I can't train you in the service when I'm preaching. Yeah. I can train you in the prayer meetings. The IPT level two, which is open to anybody, which are people that are coming to learn to pray, they can train you in those prayer meetings how to get in the spirit. And I can train you when I do corporate prayer. But if you never come to corporate prayer because it's never a priority to you, you're never going to learn. And we need you to learn. So I'm preaching this because I'm saying, even though some of you may not have not had the time to be trained, I still think God expects you to do this during this fast. Amen. Getting in the spirit, picking up assignments and praying them out while you're at home, not just on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. So the big question is, Pastor Craig, how do I get in the spirit? Because if you don't get in the spirit, prayer is just hard. As much as prayer is great, it, unless you're in the spirit, it's like a, it's like a, there's, there's a lot of, it's, 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 it's hard. It's laborsome. And I don't, I don't want that to be that way for you because that's not the best way. So let me tell you, I'm, I'm talking very simple terms. But this is very, very accurate what I'm saying. I've proved it out hundreds of times in my own life. I've talked to other ministers like Pastor Nancy, who's the one, by the way, who taught me. Pastor Nancy taught me how to get in the spirit. She's the one that taught me. Not doctor. Doctor knew, but he didn't really know how to teach me. Pastor Nancy taught me how to get in the spirit. And I watched her. And I've seen her. And I've imitated her. And, and, I, and I'm becoming more skillful at it myself. I've talked to Randy for hours about this one subject and he's very skillful at getting in the spirit in prayer so we've compared notes and I've asked him to teach me and he's he's brought me up even to another level but let me tell you in a very simple layman terms when you're in the spirit you're not in some kind of a trance you're not in that, that those are the gifts of the spirit the discerning of spirits you're not in some kind of a vision you're not don't make it weird or super spiritual when you're in the spirit you're aware that you need to go to the bathroom you're aware of the lights. You're aware of heat. You're aware of noise. You're aware of people that are distracting you. You're aware that you're hungry. When you're in the spirit, you're fully aware of the natural world around you, but you are just in a place with God in prayer that is elevated. Amen. Do you understand? How you get in the spirit is one way and one way only. Now, you can do it through worship, but the majority of time, we do it by you pray in other tongues... As long as it takes to quieten your mind and until you feel, and the only way I can describe it is this, until you feel the anointing help you. When the anointing grabs you, when the help of God comes and like lifts you up, yeah. 
When you're praying and it's kind of hard, but all of a sudden it becomes easy. When you're praying and the gears are kind of tight, but all of a sudden it's smooth. When you're praying and it feels like you're working it, but all of a sudden it feels like you've been put in a raft and your current is taking you. When that happens, you're in the spirit. It's simple. Don't make it complicated. A lot of Christians, you ask them, what does it mean to get in the spirit? They wouldn't be able to answer you because it's a theological term that they're confused about. Getting in the spirit means you pray long enough until you feel the help of God grab you and you feel it's becoming easier to pray and more enjoyable to pray and you feel the anointing on you to pray. Now you're in the spirit. You don't have to be in some vision or some trance. Now you're in the spirit, but you're in the early stages, the shallow waters. Remember, waters at the ankles. You're not at waters to swim in. Your water's at the ankles, but at least you're in. If you'll keep praying and not quit, you'll go deeper and deeper. And the water in the spirit, so to speak, you'll get into knee height, waist height, chest height, and waters to swim in. But it takes time to get skillful in getting deeper. But if you can just get to the point where you, the anointing comes to help you pray, and you can feel, oh my God, what is that, Lord? It's so easy. Oh my, I'm enjoying this. You're in the spirit. Just keep going and don't quit. The further you go, the deeper you'll go. The longer you pray, the deeper you'll go. And the deeper you go, the more power is made available. The more you'll hear the voice of the Spirit, the more He'll reveal things to you. Most people, it takes them a long time to get in the Spirit because they're not skillful. At the beginning, it took me over two hours to get in the Spirit. Now I can get in the Spirit consistently within three minutes because I've done it so long. Dad Hagen taught us you can get in the Spirit right away. But, but you've got to learn to be skillful. It takes time to develop that. So most people, because at the beginning, it takes a while to push through the barrier of the flesh, the veil of the flesh. But it takes time to push through that. Most people quit before they feel that help come to them. So then they think, well, I don't really know what you're talking about. I prayed for an hour, but nothing happened. Well, you, well an hour is not enough. But you'll watch a, tele- a movie for two and a half hours and won't think anything of it. And you'll be on Snapping Chat and Instagram for seven hours and not think anything of it. Right? And you'll go to the gym, you buff people that make me sick. You, you, you'll go to the gym. I'm going to get there. I'm going to join you, praise God. You, you go to the gym for two hours. You don't even, you don't even blink it up. You sit in traffic on the 401 listening to your radio for three hours. You don't even think. But I ask you to pray for an hour and a half, and all of a sudden, it's you're shooting the moon. It depends on what you put priority on in your life. You'll watch CNN for three hours to see who's winning on the Trump scales and all that stuff. But, but I ask you to pray for an hour and a half, and it's like you've, I've asked you to perform a miracle. It's all relative, isn't it? You have got to make a decision that you want the things of the spirit more than anything else. And when you decide, I want this, I'm going to get it come hell or high water, pardon the phrase, but you know what I mean. Hell can come against me. Distractions can come against me. I'm not quitting. I'm getting in the spirit. I don't care how long it takes. If you've got that attitude, you will push through. You'll quieten your mind until the anointing grabs you. And if it took you two hours, you'll do it and you'll be glorious on the other side. Let me tell you, the next time you do it, it won't take you two hours. You'll get down to the point where it takes you a matter of minutes. Just like Dead Hagen. Where you can step. Now listen, when you're, are you learning something? When you get in the spirit like that, look, because you're now, you feel the anointing. Prayer is becoming easier. Now look to your heart, look to your spirit and say, Spirit of God, if you don't want to give me something particular, I'll just pray out in general. But give me something. Is there an assignment for me to pray? 
and then he will either speak to you or there'll be a knowing. Remember, we don't, don't need his voice. We just need that bearing of witness. He'll just bear witness with you. Maybe you put a picture, maybe a face, maybe a name, but usually it's just a knowing. I don't know why. I just have to pray. I just have to pray for Jerry Seville. I don't know why. See, that's the Holy Ghost. I don't know why. I just have to pray for the worship team. I don't know why. I just have to pray for our property fund. I don't know why. I just have to pray for Errol. I don't know why, but I just go to, you just know it. Yeah. See, that's an assignment. When you're in the spirit, he'll give you an assignment. How you pick it up is you just pray. Now, Father, particularly about Errol, I pray for him now in the Holy Ghost. And you start specifying your tongues to that particular assignment. Now, you can pray in English. You can use your authority. You can include other types of prayer, but make sure that you pray in the Spirit primarily for that assignment. And you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and you keep praying and you don't get tired. You persevere and you keep praying until what? You get a sense of joy, a sense of victory. Something bubbles up and you go, oh, why am I feel so happy? You, that's it. The assignment's done. You don't need a voice to come and say, stop praying. You just wait till you sense that sense of release, that sense of freedom, that sense of joy, victory, what we call the note of victory. When you get that, that assignment that you, God gave you to pray has been accomplished. As far as your role in it was. It doesn't mean it's totally accomplished, but what God, the part you had to play in it, you've done it. But if you're going to keep praying, especially if you're in the spirit, stay in as long as you can. Say, Lord, what else do you want me to pick up? And he'll give you another one. There's unlimited assignments in the spirit. He might give you other ministries that you've never even heard of. You might be praying out for something. Dad Hagen once said that he woke up in the night and Lord said he didn't know what it was, but he knew somebody was in danger. He knew something was wrong. And he saw the next morning that a plane was losing control and spiraling toward the ground full of people, over 200 people on the plane. And the pilot said, I don't know what happened. I did, the wing did this by itself. And he was able to avert destruction and land that plane. And God spoke to Dad Hagen and said, you, because you prayed at three in the morning, your prayers turned that situation. An angel was dispatched because of your prayers and fixed that plane's wing. Over 200 people would be dead, but he got up at three in the morning and he prayed. It might not even be for this ministry. It might not even be for your, for your business or your family. It might not even be for the vision of this church. It might be to save somebody's life and you may never even find out about it. The point is there are assignments to pick up in the realm of the spirit, but you've got to learn and become skillful to push through and pray. That's right. Praise God. One time Dad Hagen prayed for an hour. The devil said, you wasted your time. You've accomplished nothing. He was withstanding him. He said, because you said that devil, I'm going to pray another hour. He did a second hour. The devil said the same thing. He said, because you said that I'm going to do another hour. He did another hour. No anointing. Didn't know what he was praying. And Dad Hagen at that point knew how to pray. But for some reason, he couldn't get in the spirit. He couldn't get in the spirit. This thing kept standing against him. On the third hour, I think it was three hours and 24 minutes, give or take. It was in the early part of the third hour. He got in the spirit and he said, I hit the gusher. And the anointing hit him so hard after praying. And, and, and God, he said later, he said, part, no, he wasn't the only one, of course. But part of that assignment was for the healing revival. You know, Jack Coe, A.A. Allen, Oral Roberts, William Branham. The great healing revival of the 40s and 50s. Many people had to birth that. You can't have something like that without it being birthed. Many people birthed it, but Dad Hagen was one of the primary people that birthed that in that one day that he prayed. 
So listen, sometimes you'll be praying and there'll be a withstanding, a resistance trying to stop you from getting in the spirit. And you say, well, maybe I've sinned. Maybe I'm a bad person. Well, if you've sinned, repent. But oftentimes that resisting, just like him, is a force of darkness trying to stop you from praying. Because the devil knows what you're praying about is so important, he'll try to withstand you. And I don't understand how it all works, but I do know he can't stop me from getting in the spirit, but he can hinder me. He can hinder me and try to make it feel like I'm never going to get in and make my prayer hard and laborious and laborious. But if I will just recognize this is the devil and take authority over him and keep persevering and pushing through. If I will push through that, that hindrance, that withstanding, I will break into the spirit and I'll have the anointing I need to accomplish that assignment. And usually when he withstands you, it means the thing that you're praying about is extremely important because he wouldn't withstand you over nonsense things. So when I feel resisted, I rejoice because I go, oh boy, today's an important day. He didn't resist me yesterday. He didn't resist me the day before. And those were, but this, I've hit the mother load today. Yeah. Something about what I'm praying out is critical to the kingdom of God. And that's why he's withstanding me and trying to get me out of this, trying to stop me from stepping in. The, I just, I take that as, I take that as, you know, like, like you, you, you dangle a carrot, you know, well, let me, you dangle a steak before a pit bull. I, I'm the pit bull. The devil's dang. I'd say, you know, you're going to make me pray harder now, boy. That resistance doesn't make me want to back up. That resistance makes me want to charge forward because I know on the other side of that resistance, I'm going to hit a gusher and that gusher is going to turn something for the kingdom of God. So don't look at resistance as your enemy. Look at resistance as my God, I'm important. My God, God gave me something important to pray out today and I'm important to God and my praying is important to God and I'm, I'm so important the devil's afraid of me yeah, that's good. because if he wasn't afraid of me, he wouldn't try to stop me. He just let me go. So don't look at resistance as something that is going to stop you. Look at resistance as something that's going to make you charge forward. Let me read you one scripture before we close, because it's important that I give you a scripture verse along this line. And it's in the book of Ephesians chapter six. And I want you to read this with me real quick. I'm two minutes over, but you're very gracious and kind and you won't mind. I'm going to be away from you for 40 days. Relax a little bit. Say, as there was a, nobody said anything when I said that, Jenny, there was no words of amen. Even my staff didn't encourage me. You don't mean it, Taylor. You, I can say that. That's not in faith. Put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We're not fighting people. We're fighting spiritual darkness. Get it straight. I jump down. It talks about those armor pieces that assist you in withstanding the devil. Now it says, uh, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now watch, praying always with all prayer. That means there's more than one kind or we wouldn't say all. We know there's nine. But watch now, with all prayer and prayer is simply talking to God, but supplication is different. Supplication means specific requests. There's a specificity to the request when you talk about supplication, okay? So he says now pray always with all kinds of prayer and specifics. Did you see that? And how are you supposed to pray? Keep reading. In the spirit. Did you see that? This is where, this is how I can prove to you from scripture that what I'm saying is biblical. You are to supplicate in the spirit. Now there's two ways to interpret that. 
you could look at it one way, Errol, where I have stepped into the spirit by praying and now I'm, the anointing is on me to pray and I'm in the spirit, so I'm in the spirit, but I can supplicate specifically to God in the spirit by praying in English because I'm in the spirit. Do you understand? But you could, but also in the spirit means to pray in the spirit, which is praying in tongues. So I can be in the spirit and be specific in my praying while I pray out in English and the other nine kinds of prayer. Do you understand? The prayer of faith, prayer of praise and worship, binding and loosing and all that stuff. But I can also be in the spirit, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues and supplicate. Meaning I can be very specific in what I'm praying about, which is supplication, while I pray in the spirit in tongues. Are you with me? So I can say, uh, let's say you're on my heart, Joey. I can say, Father, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm, I see I'm in the spirit. I've prayed. Now you can still pick things up without getting in the spirit. God can just speak to you. You don't have to get in the spirit for God to speak to you. But if you're not hearing it, you go to, you go deeper. You'll get more if you'll get in the spirit. Okay. But many times you just talk to you, even if you're not in the spirit, I'm just saying you need to learn to get into the spirit so that you're more effective. But let's say he says to me, pray for Joey, whether I've got in the spirit in prayer or whether I just wake up and just the bearing of witness, I just know to pray for him either way. I would probably then start to pray and I'd, I could do it right away, but I prefer to pray through until I get in the spirit till I feel that anointing help me because I'll be more effective. But then this is what, this is how you do it. I say, now, father, you've specifically put him on my heart. Maybe his name came, maybe his face came, whatever. But I just know that I know that I know my inward witness. I know I got to pray for him. I may not know what it's about, but I got to pray for him. Maybe I do know what it's about. Maybe I don't. That's irrelevant. I got to pray for him. Now, what is that? That's a specific thing. That's a supplication, but I'm going to do it in the spirit in tongues. Now I can do it in English too, but I'm going to start at least by doing it in the spirit. Father, I don't know what he needs, but I pray now for Joey in the name of Jesus. I pray out the mysteries. I pray perfect will. I pay perfect prayer. I pray all the divine secrets. I pray for him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Now in the Holy Ghost, what am I doing? I'm supplicating in the spirit. Now, as I go, he may reveal more, uh, bind that thing that's attacking him. And then I can get over into English and say, now I bind you that foul thing that's, and then I go right back into supplicating. And in that supplicating prayer, I can branch out on numerous things that God reveals as I'm praying. But when I hang up the phone, when I say amen, when I leave the room, the assignment to pray for him is done. You know why more things don't happen? Because all of you got assignments to pray, but you won't pray. People, ministries, vision, departments, desperately God needs your prayers so he can turn things. But you won't pray. So now God can't turn it because you don't pray. I'm being very direct with you this morning, but I hope you're listening to me. We are to supplicate in the spirit for all men. And now watch what it says. And watching as a watchman guards. So you watch in the spirit and guard as a watchman watching thereunto with all. Did you notice the word perseverance? Notice he says supplication twice because he wants you to get it. Be specific. Don't you say bless the church. That's what the world say. They don't even say God bless you. God bless America. They don't even know what they're talking about. Don't you say God bless promise of life. That's not praying. 
supplication, specific assignments, hand-tailored by God, like a sniper in the spirit, where you pick something up and you deal with it. But did you notice you've got to persevere? You've got to persevere to get in the spirit. You've got to persevere to pick up the assignment. And once you know it, you've got to persevere and pray it out. Because I've prayed sometimes in my physical frame, because like Romans 8, 26, I'm groaning. Um, the, the, I can't articulate because the burden of intercession is so strong on me. And physically, it affects you. And sometimes I'm physically tired. I've been doing it for a long time. And I'm like, Lord, take this burden off me, Lord. I, I just, I, I'm done with this prayer. But, but I can't leave that place until he releases me. And, and then I'll, and eventually I'll feel that, that sense of joy and that sense of, that means not that it's done in total, totality, but my role in it is done. But I don't, I don't stop. I know sometimes I've asked God to take it off me because I'm so physically tired. The anointing helps you, but there's still a drain on your physical body. Especially when you get under strong anointings to intercede. There's a drain that comes on you. And I've asked God to take it off, but he won't until my job and that assignment is done. And then he will. That's why perseverance. You want to learn to get in the spirit? You've got to learn to pray through and not be, too, not be so making excuses and lazy. You've got to, it takes effort. It takes sacrifice, but it's precious. Oh my God, when you feel that anointing come on you. It's not just to preach me in the pulpit. It's for all of us. When you feel that anointing come on you and you feel like, oh, the, gr- the gears were like this. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoo, my God, what is that? Jesus, that's the anointing to pray. You're in the spirit. Oh, pick up the assignment and pray it out. Wait till you get the note of victory and then hang up the phone and say, Father, I did my job for today. And if you've got more time, then stay in the spirit, go deeper in the spirit, and he'll give you another. And he'll give you a revelation now for you. And he'll show you something about your future. I mean, it's, it's limitless. The realm of the spirit is so glorious. But you've got to persevere. The key is perseverance, not quitting. You go through McDonald's, you get a burger in five minutes. You don't necessarily pick up that assignment in five minutes. And you don't necessarily pray out the assignment in five minutes once you've picked it up. There's got to be a persevering attitude amongst the saints. And if we'll do it, my brother and sister, you will, be, you will help this ministry take quantum leaps forward. I'm so grateful for the people that wash the toilets. Because if they didn't, we would know it. And I'd smell it while I preached. I'm so grateful for the people that do the things they do in the natural here because we need it. But can I tell you something? Those natural things don't make us quantum leap as valuable as they are. What makes us surge forward in the spirit is people picking up their assignments and praying. Not to the exclusion of your ministry of help. So don't come to Lorraine and say, well, pastor said that we need to quantum leap. So I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. I'm going to pray. Then we have a lot of prayers, but with the the stinky toilets. You understand? And then Taylor is going to be trying to make you a cappuccino and burning himself and burning you in the process. We need qualified experts in the bookstore. Okay. So don't just quit on Lorraine and Ministry of Helps. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is do that, but don't just think you've shot the moon because you've done that. That's, that's JK. You're in JK. Congratulations. Let's graduate you to grade one. Now get in the spirit and pick up some prayer assignments. And now do that for a few years. 
I thought you were going to say a few hours. No, I mean a few years. Get, get faithful in it. Get skillful in it. And then graduate to grade 9. And then graduate to grade 12. And then get into the university level of the things of the Spirit. Where now God's showing you visions. And God's you're dealing with things. And you're helping me cause us to quantum surge forward. It's not going to start if you don't pace that floor and say, with perseverance, I will enter in. And I will pick up an assignment and I will pray it out. Do it in the prayer meetings, but for the love of God, do it at home. That's where we need you to get skillful, at home. I don't know if you've, I can tell some of you are receiving and some of you are staring at me with a funny look on your face. I don't know what that means, but I'll just interpret it like you're happy. Praise God. You're just happy that God thinks you're important enough to give you an assignment to pray. Just don't let the devil talk you out of it. Learn to pick it up. In our prayer meetings going forward, we will be more balanced and skillful in training you as well as doing the united prayer. And all the days ahead are glorious, Reverend Taylor. The days ahead are glorious. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I love you with all my heart. Oh, Lord, I felt your anointing there this morning. You're spoken to us through Jerry to tell us not to quit and God is with us and faith works. You've told us through Brother Randy that the devil has utterly defeated regardless of what it looks and we will overcome. You've told us through my precious pastor Nancy how much you love them and how much you love the local church and that, you, that they need a pastor and that there's things in that office to help them and that there's no diminishing of that even in this COVID year. Lord, you've said to them through me the importance of picking up their assignment in prayer, persevering, getting in the spirit, praying out what you show them. Because all of us have assignments to pray. And Lord, you don't just want a few doing it. You want the whole congregation doing it. And everyone here, Father, regardless of how spiritual or not spiritual they think they are, you have assignments for them to pray. If they will just learn to listen to you. And they do that by persevering, by praying in the spirit and worshiping you until they step into that anointing. You can still show to them outside of that anointing, but Lord, it would help to pray if they had the anointing on them, which is why getting in the spirit, becoming skillful, learning how to get in the spirit consistently, day in and day out, that's why it's so important. Oh, I give you praise, Father. I give you glory and honor and thanks today. Oh, Jesus, thank you for sending me that angel, Father, to assist me in this 40 days. Thank you for the beautiful words of that song that the Holy Ghost authored through my wife that will help me, encourage me. Lord, I'm not going to see them for some time, but I know that, that they will be faithful. I know they won't let me down. I know they won't let you down. I know that we'll be stronger in these five weeks, even in my absence, than we would have been even if I was here. Lord, we'll pick it up where we left off on the 13th of December. There'll be a great impartation that day for everyone that, joined, that comes to that service, those services. Lord, I thank you for them. I bless them as a congregation. I bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you that they stay the course with me in Jesus' mighty name. And we go now into the wilderness together. We go to the mountain of God together. We take our shoes off together and we behold the wonder of the burning bush and we seek the living God of heaven and we have an encounter with him. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, and I praise you. And everybody said, Amen. amen. And a big amen. Hallelujah.